voice of the king. The voice of the king. Talking point. Getting you talking. Nice Welcome back to the program called The Talking Point here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. Our next segment uh, relates to transforming informal settlements. Now, informal settlements are part of the urban landscape in South Africa, which is why communities, government and non-profit organizations need to work in partnership to upgrade them. It emerged at Isandla's Institute's National Roundtable recently held in Cape Town. There are approximately 2,700 informal settlements in the country, meaning that about 11% of South Africans live in them. Now, to tell us more about the plight of the destitute, we speak to Adon Kitching, who is a representative from the Isandla Institute. Adon, a very good evening to you. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me this evening. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much for taking out your time to share more about the whole issue around transforming informal settlements with our listeners. Now, just elaborate a bit for us on the Sandler Institute National Roundtable. When and where was it held and who was represented? So the National Roundtable that we held was was done at the end of August in Cape Town. And we had attendees there from uh, all three states of government. So that was the municipal, provincial, and national government, some stakeholders from the private sector, and then also from civil society. So this, were, this event was part of a, two-year pro- of a two-year project we've been busy with over the last two years, and where Isanla Institute has been uh, trying to create spaces for stakeholders that are involved in informal sediment upgrading to share their experiences one with now and another. In order mm-hmm. to learn from one another. So usually those engagements are between Cape Town-based organizations, but for the National Roundtable, we wanted to create an opportunity for stakeholders across the country and in different states to actually talk to one another and to think about best practice together. Mm-hmm. So over the course of the two days who was represented there, um, we, on, the, on the program we gave people from all those different sectors a chance to talk about their work um, and to share with one another some of the challenges they face so they could look at how sectors can work in partnership with one another. Okay, now you mentioned in challenges, you know, my, my next question would be, you know, what are some of the main uh, issues or challenges that was highlighted uh, at your uh, debate? So there's a lot of that came out of the meeting. It was, it was a great uh, engagement. But some of the key issues that came out was firstly that uh, so informal settlements um, really aren't going anywhere, you know, not in not in the short term, and that they're going to be with us for a while. So people need to start thinking seriously about how do we provide for people where they are, and, um, yeah, how do we think seriously about making that part of urban development. And then some of the main is- other main issues that were highlighted is also that we, we feel strongly about communities being active agents with a role to play in the development of neighborhoods, um, because we know that there's so much knowledge around what's going on in an informal neighborhood and also what are the best ways to address some challenges. And then a, a key challenge that came up was the fact that communities and municipalities actually still struggle to engage with one another meaningfully, and that can, that can be a, a strong setback in terms of, of inclusive development. And then the last sort of issue just to highlight Okay, we seem to have just uh, dropped or lost the line there, uh, and that was with um, 
Don Kitching, who is a representative from the Isandla Institute. Our technicians are going to try and get her back online. But as we said, there's discussion around informal settlements, part of the urban landscape in South Africa, which is what we're all testimony to, which is why communities, government and non-profit organizations need to work together in partnership to upgrade them. This, as we said, emerged from the Isandla Institute's National Roundtable discussion, which was recently held in Cape Town. Now, further to that, that uh, our information is that there are approximately 2,700 informal settlements in the country, meaning that about 11% of South Africans live in these informal settlements. Now, we're just waiting to try and get a hold back online. Okay, I believe we've got Adon back online. Good. Adon? Hi there. Okay, yes. so my, our apologies for that. Okay, so you were still saying? Not a problem. So I was just talking about some of the main issues that were highlighted and one of the important ones that there needs to be partnership between Mm -hmm. people in the different sectors. So government and civil society would need to work together. And then also importantly, that communities need to be part of that process. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that that as communities, we should become active agents, you know, really in dealing and attending to this particular matter. But one of the questions that I've got here uh, says, you know, how many informal settlements are there in the Western Cape and how is their plight being catered for? So actually, the numbers that I have, I um, I'll have to check in terms of exactly okay, the way. Not a came. problem. So what we've mentioned is around 2,300 in the country. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that so there are various ways that that both government and civil society are taking on the issue of, of informal settlement upgrading, and they there are uh, projects being driven from municipality side, and then. The Okay, I'm not too sure what's happening with uh, that side. It's either our side or with Adon. But it's okay, we've got on the line. No, no, I think we've dropped her again. Uh, as we said, we are chatting to Adon, uh, who is, uh, that is Adon Kitching, who is a representative from the Isandla Institute. And they recently had the national roundtable discussion uh, in Cape Town. And the issue was around informal settlements. And, you know, uh, you know how, and, and she says that what the role we can play is to really be active agents in terms of how do we really transform informal settlements. And it's not only the role of government, it's the role of NGOs. And there's quite a number of issues that were discussed. They even looked at the issue around uh, highlights, for example, and um, and those type of things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have maybe any comment for us, you can send those to us via the number 47913, the SMS line 47913. I'm not too sure, you know, whether the problem is our side or, 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 or with... Uh, uh, on that side of the line, but we seem to have dropped a down kitchen, uh, the representative from Isandla uh, on, on two occasions. And what uh, some of the other questions we're asking is that she doesn't have exact information with regards to the number of informal settlements that we have in the Western Cape, but she can confirm that within the uh, in the country, for example, we've got about 2,700 informal settlements. Now, that is really a large number because they're saying that in terms of percentage that 11% of South Africans are actually living within an informal settlement. And the question is, you know, how do we ca- how do we cater for these people? Whose responsibility is it? And can we copy and paste success from one informal settlement to another? You know, are they unique? Uh, requirements are the customization you know and these are some of the discussions and the questions that we would really like uh, to get to to hear from uh, from Adon so 
Leah, or like I said, you know, if you have any comments, I'm sure you all have comments around informal settlements. But I think the issue is around transforming them. And as you said also, you know, we as individuals, we should try and be uh, active uh, sort of agents uh, for uh, this particular instance. Now, w- one also looks at, you know, the... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way of trying. We're just trying just to remind the listeners that we were chatting to uh, a down kitching, as we said earlier, a representative from the Isandla Institute. And uh, we are speaking this evening about informal settlements. Now, we just uh, dropped the line, unfortunately, on a down, and we are unable to try. And well, our technicians are really just trying to get her back online. But in the meantime, you stuck with me, unfortunately, and me trying uh, to really assist in uh, the side of the the microphone but if you have any comments from your side you can give us a call even in studio on the number zero two one double four two three five three zero that number again zero two one double four two three five three zero and we're speaking about informal settlements as we said we don't we all know that it's there it exists within the western cape uh, the question is not you know what we should be doing about it but more you know how do we a cater for the plight, whose responsibility is it, and how do we see ourselves as being active agents within this particular process? Now, I, as I said earlier, our technicians are busy trying to get hold or to get a down back online, and as soon as we do that, we will have uh, continue then rather our discussion with her. We've got a down back online, a down. Okay, sorry for that. It seems to be, I don't know, somewhere there's a cricket in one of the lines. Uh, But just continue from where you left off. So we were just speaking about the um, informal settlements in the Western Cape and how their plight is being addressed. And I was saying that there is positive um, projects that we're seeing coming from municipalities across the province and also from civil society. So a lot of NGOs, especially also in Cape Town, some of the partners that we work with, um, are doing very positive work around, um, you know, mobilizing communities, about capacitating communities, um, providing some of the services that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, importantly coming from the round table we had discussed is to say now that the point is for those positive things that are already happening to be upscaled. So we need to get um, those stakeholders to speak to one another and to see what are the positive things that are happening and how can that translate into other areas um, so that it can be a broader impact across mm-hmm. the province and then also in the country. Okay. Now, obviously, we sometimes we speak about or we throw this term around best practice, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible, you know, that one can paste the success uh, that possibly existed within one informal settlement to a next? So... I would say to that both yes and no. (laughs) On the yes side, I think um, it is very necessary, as I mentioned, to learn from one another. So something that's happening in one settlement uh, can show a really positive effect, and it's necessary for stakeholders in other areas to look at that and to say, okay, how can that can actually work here as well? But why I say no is because settlements are, are very different. So you can't just go from one um, and assume that the conditions are going to be the same. And very importantly, also the people are different. So mm-hmm. the social dynamics that exist in different settlements is going to be very different, and you're going to have to approach it in a different way. So I think if you, as long as people that, when stakeholders are taking models, you know, copy and pasting, as you say, they need to be aware that the conditions might be different and the dynamics might be different. And so you have to be adaptable when you do that. So it's mm. just about being, you know, taking some of the models, but being cautious about them 
Uh, as you implement, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, some of the issues, for example, that you, you highlighted early on and that you discussed at the round table, uh, do you think maybe that some of our, our people are uh, suspended from reality? What do you mean in general? Or in general, yes, in general. I mean, uh, no, not, not just stakeholders, in general. Do you think people are suspended from reality? Because we all see it, for example, in the Western Cape. We are very yeah. much aware that there are these informal settlements. Uh, but do you think we as citizens, that we are suspended from reality? I think to an extent it is hard to, to understand what life in settlements look like. Um, and I think also, you know, what's coming from the state side, sometimes there is a bit of a uh, disillusionment around, you know, what the conditions of life are in those areas Mm -hmm. and how dire the need really is. So I think, yeah, I think to an extent there can be a suspension from reality where people, I don't understand how um, dire the need is. Okay, and then one other question that I have for you very, very quickly is the issue around government. You know, mm-hmm. is government really assisting or doing enough as regards informal settlements? So I think that from government side, there are, um, there have been positives. You know, there has, has been improvement. There has been take-up in policy of these issues. There's a lot of um, work done around taking up informal and upgrading as a strategy. Um, but one of the things that we are finding is that at national level, there's, there's still not that complete buy-in. And the policy and the practice sort of don't gel together or don't, uh, don't match mm-hmm. um, always. So you see from national government this very strong focus on housing provision and on, uh, you know, the rollout of RDP-style housing or of mega-projects that don't really speak to, you know, the informal settlement upgrading strategy that we're talking about. And, and it also doesn't leave a lot of room for communities to be part of that process. I think when we talk about the round table and what comes out of that is that that needs to be at the at the center of, of urban development going forward in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, Adon, for example, if in someone maybe would want to do maybe a bit of reading up, you know, in terms of some of mm-hmm. your discussions that you guys have had, is that possible? And where would one then find this reading material? Yeah, so the mode, you can go to our website, islandlainstitute.org.za, or otherwise you can get in touch with me uh, if you want to f- find a report of the um, of the National Roundtable. I'm just Ajanae at islandla.org.za. And then we've also launched a documentary at the event, mm-hmm. so it can give people a real sense of what the work is that people are doing, what the issues are, and it makes it easy for people to understand you know, what comes out of these uh, discussions. So that's on YouTube, and that can be found. It's called Negotiating Space. So if you just search Negotiating Space and Sunlight Institute, you'll find that there. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good way to, to get in touch with us and to see what the work is that we do. Mm-hmm. So you could go on to um, the, the YouTube uh, or yeah. you can go to isandlainstitute.org.za if you want uh, any bit, a bit more information. Uh, and if you want to have uh, an inside or insight into the roundtable uh, discussion, uh, you can then uh, make contact with Adon Kitching. So just your email address very quickly, Adon. It's Adonai, so A-D-O-N-E, 
at islamda.org.za. Okay, so it's add a name uh, and then, then do give me my uh, humblest apologies. Adana, no okay. problem, it happens all the time. <laughs> okay. Adana, as we said, a representative from the Isandla Institute sharing with us uh, issues around the roundtable discussion which was recently held in Cape Town around transforming informal settlements. Adana, it certainly has been a pleasure having you on the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo here in the Western Cape and we want to say a very big thank you to you and bid you a very good evening. Thank you and to you too.